Hey, we've, uh, we've been in a new series called uh, Strong Life, and today we're going to be having a special message towards moms and towards motherhood, but we're also going to be staying along with the series, so we're talking today about getting stronger in love. Now, the prayer for this series has been, God, help us to be strong in our faith, strong in our priorities, strong in our character. Today, we're going to talk about how you this week could be stronger in love. Now, I want to uh, begin today by just uh, talking about motherhood for a second. Um, I was thinking this week about the diversity of moms that are here today, even in this place, and we want to celebrate that for a minute. So I want you to think for a minute about all the different types of moms that, uh, that are here, but also that God has. You've got single moms who, I don't know how they do what they do, but they handle so much And then you have um, moms who are uh, full-time in the workplace moms and some moms who are full-time in the home place moms who are are contributing to their families. You've got some moms who have teenagers and some moms who have toddlers and some moms who have now an empty nest because their adult children have, they've got adult children now, right? And they're parenting a different way. Some of us in this room, some of you moms, you're getting ready for an empty nest because it's right around the corner for you. There are some moms here in this place who have had to go through um, a very tough place that none of us would ever want any moms to have to go through, and they've lost a child. And there are other moms in this place who are desirous to be a mom one day, but thus far they haven't been able to be a mom. There are some of us who have wayward children who are moms, and there are some of us who our children live far away, so it's hard to even still kind of connect in with them. Um, There are adoptive moms here who have taken on other children. We've got a lot of different moms. And so from me as the pastor and the leadership of our church, today as I begin a message that is really looking at God, learning about God, even through the lens of motherhood, I just wanted to say thank you to every mother in this place. We love you. You are appreciated. And, And I would also add this, I guess, from every intelligent male in the house, we would like to say um, that we couldn't do what you do, okay? What you do is pretty awesome. Now, the reason I said an intelligent male is because there are some males here who, don't, who act like they don't know what you do, okay? And, and that's not a very smart way to be because moms do a lot of really, really important stuff. As a matter of fact, I ran across something this week that I had to share with you. It was a new TV show that's coming to the American uh, Networks. Um, I think it might be fictitious, but anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of in the model of a new survivor and apprentice game show, but it's going to be called Moms, okay? And, and I wanted to read it to you because it's so good when I read it, I thought, this is appropriate. It, it, here's, here's how the way the show, the game show Moms works. There are going to be six married men who are going to be dropped off on an island with one car and four kids each for six weeks, and each kid is going to have to play two sports and either take music or dance lessons. And, and each man must take care of the four kids, keep his assigned house clean, do the dishes, correct all the homework, complete the science fair projects, cook and do laundry. And there's no access to any fast food on the island, okay? And, and the men have access to only one television, and they can only access it when the kids are asleep and all the chores are done. And there's only one 12-inch television uh, between them all, and there's no remote because they can't find it. And, and the men must every day shave their legs and apply makeup daily while driving their children to school. And they must help in the, in the classes weekly. They've got to clean up after sick children at 3 a.m. They've got to make a model Indian teepee with six toothpicks. They've got to make a, a, a tortilla and candle wax. And then they, they've got to get a four-year-old to eat their serving of peace. And, and then the, kid, the kids, at the end of the day, get to vote which man is going to be kicked off the island every week. And, and the last man that wins, if he has enough energy then he can end up being intimate with his spouse at a moment's notice. And, and if the last man does, whoever the last man is that does win, he's going to get to play the game over and over again for the next 18 to 25 years, and then he can be called a mom. Isn't that cute? No man would sign up for that game show, right? 
Hey, from all the intelligent men in the house, ladies, uh, we appreciate what you do. We could not do what you do. You know, I've learned a lot about God from my mom. And I want to talk to you about that today. But I want to also tell you that I've learned a lot about God from living with a mom. My wife is a great mom. And I have seen this, like many of you guys here, I have seen this wonderful lady that didn't have any children, you know, hot, sexy mama. You know, I was dating her, and all of a sudden we had children, and all of a sudden this intuitive motherly stuff came out of her, and I have learned a lot of, about God from her, and I wanted to share some of that with you today. So today we're going to be talking about love, and I'm going to sometimes talk about my mom, and I'm sometimes going to talk about Julie, but I hope you've got a pen. I hope you've got your outline there in front of you. I hope that maybe you... Um, have uh, your, uh, your Bible with you or your electronic device, and we're going to read several scriptures this morning, and, and we have one simple goal, and that is this. God, help us to see you more clearly. Help us to see who you are, because if we could understand how you love us, then we would be able to love our families and the world that much better. So hopefully you've got your pen ready, and I want to start with a kind of simple concept, something you've probably heard before but I want to take it to a deeper level, okay? So in that first opening blank there today, when we talk about growing stronger in love, I want you to write down this in that first bullet point, a simple truth that's found in 1 John 4, God is love. Write that down. God is love. Now, I learned from my mom a lot of love, and I've seen my wife pour love all over my children, but the amazing thing that I think that I've learned when I hold those two things together, that God is love, and yet I see so much love come out of my mom over me, compassion, care, sacrifice, and, and watch my wife, is that moms kind of intuitively love their children. It comes naturally to them, things that I just, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, bag on men, but sometimes they just don't naturally come to us men. They're very natural to women. I mean, for example... I was sitting at the uh, dining room table one day, and um, one of my children started to throw up, you know. And what does Julie do? She catches it with her hand. I mean, now that's about the grossest thing in the world that you can think of, but that's a mom. I wouldn't do that. I would, I would pick him up and run across the room, ask her to tell you a story about that. But, but, but I won't catch it with my hand. That's what moms do. I mean, you think about it. How many moms... They, they look at their child, they've got dirt or something on their face, and they'll just, they'll just get spit right out of their mouth, saliva, and they'll just start cleaning up their child's face, you know? And you're like, oh, gross, you know? But, but is there anything more loving than your mama's spit cleaning you, right? I mean, there are these things that moms do intuitively that I think are awesome. When my, when my children were young, my wife would read them stories. And, and the way I would often read them stories was different than the way my wife would read them stories. And I would, you know, if I read the same book that many times, can I skip a few pages? Can I paraphrase a few things, you know? But moms don't do that. Brown bear, brown bear, what do I see? And she would go through this whole book, never skipping pages, never paraphrasing. Moms are just awesome that way. Moms bandage wounds, right? But moms do a lot more than just bandage physical wounds. I've seen my wife, I've seen my mom bandage emotional wounds and even address spiritual wounds moms love. They love intuitively. And one of the things I want us to understand about God is that's who God is. God is love. He, it, is, it is his job description. It's kind of like who he is at the core of who he is. God is love. It's not something he manufactures. It's not something he has to talk himself into. It is who he is intuitively. And I think motherhood actually gives us a little bit of glimpse in that about who God is. And this past week, I was, I was reading um, from 1 Corinthians 13, and I don't have this in your outline, and it's not part of, our, uh, of, uh, of the screens or anything like that, but you know in 1 Corinthians 13, we call it the love chapter? It says, love is patient, love is kind. This past week, I was reading it, and I thought about putting the word mom in there, and I want you to hear it from a mom, okay? Then let me just read a few of them, because I don't have it on the screen. Mom is patient. Mom is kind. Mom is not rude, and mom is not self-seeking. Mom is not easily angered. Mom keeps no record of wrongs. Mom does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Mom always protects. Mom always trusts. Mom always hopes. Mom always perseveres. 
Now, that's kind of an overstatement, right? Mom never keeps a record of wrongs. Okay, all right, it's an overstatement. But, but I hope you get the point. When we, when we put mom in a passage like that, it gives us an understanding that somehow or the other, motherhood and our moms have a lot to teach us about who God is as a God of love. Just like our moms have compassion, they want to have an intimate relationship with us, they will sacrifice for us, they, will, they, 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 they love us that way, that's how God is. God cares for us that way. Read this scripture with me from, um, from Romans 5.5. 5. We know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You know, today, that's the opening scripture that I want to share with you because I want to tell you, when you came into church today, you probably didn't know what the message was going to be about and you didn't know what we'd study from God's word today. But I want to tell you at the outset of what we're studying today that I believe God's plan is today, before you get back in that car, that he wants to fill your heart with his love. And the Holy Spirit's in this place, and he wants to show you the deep understanding and compassion of your God and how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. So that opening bullet point, right? God is love. Well, you've probably heard that before, right? But see, I think it's a lot different to hear something that says, okay, God is love. It's totally different to hear it and then to say, okay, well, universally, God's love. God loves everybody. That's totally different than actually experiencing God's love. God wants you to experience his love. He doesn't want you just to know that he's love. He doesn't want you to have a general understanding that he's love. He actually wants to love on you and have you experience his love. Let me share with you a second scripture today. There's really kind of what we're talking about here today is we're talking about growing stronger in love. And that's about getting a deeper understanding of God's love. The Bible says this, may the Lord bring you into an ever-deepening understanding of the love of God. But get your pen. Maybe you'd underline a couple of words there. Ever-deepening. Ever-deepening. So here's the truth. You can journey your whole life, and you can never find the end of God's love. It's, it's like the ocean that never ends. It's like... You know, our concept of space, you can't get to the edge of it. As far as, as God's love, here's the goal, that you would have an ever-deepening understanding, ever-deeper understanding of God's love and how much He loves you. Now, here's what I want you to know. If you don't have an understanding or an experience of God's love, if all you've got is a knowledge, okay, God is love, that you've got that understanding, but you don't have an experience of God's love, you're going to live your whole life in one of two places, okay? Number one, if you're a non-Christian and you just think, okay, if there is a God, I, I guess I could buy that he's love, but you've never experienced God's love, you're going to live your whole life seeking out love because love is something that God put at the core of who we are. And as St. As Augustine said, there's like a big hole inside of us that can only be filled with the divine love of God. So your whole life you'll live as a non-Christian seeking love through all different avenues but if you've never experienced God's love, you're just going to stay on a constant search. That's one way you'll live. And also, if you've never experienced God's love, at, at a deeper level, you can actually be a Christian, and you can be kind of skimming along the surface of what it really means to go deep with God. And you've never plumbed the ever-deepening understandings of a God who loves you intimately and cares a lot about you. Now, this is such a big deal, I wanted to kind of run a rabbit trail, and I wanted to kind of give you a little personal journey from me, okay? I wanted to kind of tell you how I came to an, a, a place of understanding, and a deeper understanding about God's love. Now, I grew up in a home that was a very loving home. Had a mom, had a dad. Um, dad had a hard time saying I love you, but he said it at least three times. And, and, and I had a mom who said I love you quite often. They took me to church, and I learned in church that I had a God who had an intimate desire and was crazy about me and wanted to love on me. And so I experienced the relationship with God and became a Christ follower at a young age, at a teenage level. And then later on, I was called to ministry. So I went off to the University of Georgia, and then I went off to another Christian school. And, and I actually found out that I could not just pursue a music degree, which I was on scholarship to do, but I found out that I could add a Bible degree. So I started taking Bible courses, and these Bible classes started learning what the Bible had to say about what does it mean, the deeper things of faith. 
Now, at the time, quite frankly, I was a college student. And when you're a college student, there's a lot more theory, right, than real life practice, right? So it was a lot of theory. I was studying about God and I was learning. I was kind of over here in this category. I was kind of, I knew that God was loving. I knew, and I, I had a lot of understanding, but I didn't have a lot of experience, deeper, deeper experience about God's understanding. And then I met my, my, my future soon-to-be wife. I took on my first church, and I was a youth pastor at a very large church in Atlanta. I was a youth pastor. And, um, and I, I, like, I like teenagers a lot, but I started dating this beautiful young kindergarten teacher, right? And I would go over to have lunch with her, kind of like little dates in the middle of her day, you know? And I would sit down, and, and I would experience uh, children that I figured out that I didn't really like a lot about kids, you know? Uh, I figured out. I mean, you don't have to, it doesn't take you very long to sit down at a lunchroom with a bunch of kids and see them eating their yammo nasties and flicking their jello to realize I may not want kids, okay? So that's kind of where I was. Now, now fast forward a few years, and, and Julie and I, I started grad school. We got married, and it was time for us to, a few years past, you know, we, 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 Julie got pregnant, and it was time for us to have our first baby. And all of a sudden, a deeper understanding of God's love came through this very unusual package called baby. Now, we were, when it was time, when it was time, and I made it to the hospital, and they said, you're going to have that baby today. I didn't, I wasn't, I, I wasn't mentally there, you know. I, I was, uh, uh, really? I mean, are you serious? And, and, and it was a different experience. I mean, I, I wasn't like the field and stream guy out in the lobby, you know, handing out cigars. Going to have a baby, you know. No, no, no. These dads today, they're in the delivery room, you know. It was, uh, it was me and the docs and the nurses and everything, and, and there was fluids going everywhere. And, 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 and then all of a sudden, boom, the baby was born, right? Our little Abigail was born. We've been talking about it. But when Abigail was born, it was glorious. I mean, it's like, bam, all of a sudden, there's one more person in the room, and now there's a little girl there. And I was crying. I was not because it was painful, because it wasn't painful at all to me. But um, but but I was crying because it was like beautiful. And if you've never seen it though, like it's still nasty. I mean, like like if you've never seen like a baby born brand, they look like Vaseline, a Vaseline spread weasel. I mean, that's what they look like, you know. And and they they I remember the doctor said, "You want to hold her?" And I was like, "No." I was, I was like, are you serious? I, first of all, I was afraid I would drop her because, I mean, like slipping, you know? But the other thing is like, really? And, and, but they, they put Abigail in my arms. They, they, had, they had toweled her up. She was still covered with something called Vernix. Uh, she, you know, they put her in my arms, and there she sat, little all white but all red, red, red. And I remember her little hands, and I touched that little hand, and it grabbed a hold of my hand. And it was like, now remember, I've been through Bible classes, I've been through theology classes in grad school at Emory University, I've done a lot of schooling. And it was like I got a doctoral degree in the deeper understanding of God's love in that moment. And any parent in the room, you know what I'm talking about. It was like heaven reached down into my soul. It was like God said, this is love. Now, if the doctor would have looked at me at that moment and said, you can't leave this room, one of you will have to die in order for the other one to leave the room, I would have died for that little baby sitting in my arms because I already loved her that much. And, and that's amazing to me. And yet God gives us this experience of parenthood, right? And he gives us these children. And I think in the process, listen, I think in the grand cosmic scheme of what God's doing, he wants to seize our soul. And he wants to say, you think you love like that for them? If you only knew how much I love you. And see, if we could grasp that, if it could move beyond a God is love understanding of my mind to a deeper, deepening understanding that what, listen, the God of the universe, the one who spoke, and things were created. The one who flung the stars in space, he knows your name. He knows all about you. He knows your hopes, your desires, your dreams, your goals. He knows what you do in private. He knows all about you. And he is crazy about you. He's not a distant God. He's an intimate God. And he was willing to die for you. How cool is that, guys? 
We have that kind of God. I want to share a scripture with you real quickly. The Bible says, um, and we're going to read it two different ways, okay? I'm going to kind of, I'm going to do my paraphrase, okay? The first one is this, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. The Bible says this, God showed his love for us when he sent his only son into the world to give us life. Real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. That's the real love, his love for us. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. Now, as we leave that right there, I want you to notice how generic it is, how, how plural it is, how it's all of us and it's our sins. Now, can we, can we drive a little bit deeper here to a deeper understanding? What if we change the words a little bit? And what if everywhere where it said, uh, you know, us and our, what if it said me? What if it said you? So I'm gonna, I just ask the guys, hey, change the words for me for a minute and help me understand personally what this scripture is communicating to me. And so, I, so they did it with some colorful words. And so here it is, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. God showed his love for me when he sent his only son into the world to give me life. Real love isn't my love for God, but his love for me. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which my sins are forgiven. Now, see, when you begin to understand it at a deeper level like that, then you've understood a deeper understanding that God is loving. It's not just theory. It's not just concept. It's not just an understanding and, or an intellectual concept. It's actually something you're grabbing with your soul, that our God is love. And I think one of the things moms, moms teach us is they give us a slight picture of that, that kind of sacrificial, compassionate love. Now, got your pen? Here's another thing my mom has taught me and something I've seen definitely come, come, oh, sorry, come out in my wife. Um, here's, what, here's what we can also know about God. God loves to protect and to comfort. God loves to protect and comfort. By the way, I, have, I grew up with a very protective mom, and my children are growing up with a very protective mom. By the way, am I alone? Did any of you grow up with protective mothers? Let me see you raise your hand for a minute. All right, a lot of us had protective mothers. But you, by the way, this is, this, is, this is natural. Moms, by their nature, are protective, and they want to comfort us. Now, this is interesting because us dads, we're not the same way. I mean, for example, any of us ever hear our moms say, hey, why don't you get on your bike? Why don't you ride down the street as fast as you can? Don't put a helmet on. And why don't you just see how much you can weave in and out of traffic and how many times you can do it safely? And by the way, wear your best clothes and uh, wear your best socks and wear the underwear. Don't matter. A paramedic will never see it. Just go and have fun and be reckless. Have you ever heard a mom say that kind of thing? Moms don't do that. Moms are protective. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, my wife, uh, this is different. Listen, this is something to be celebrated. My kids want to go out, and my wife's like, are you wearing your new jeans? I'm like, I could care less about what jeans they're wearing. But moms, they care about little things like that, you know? Are you doing this? Are you wearing that? Are you protected, and are you cared for? Us dads, we're not the same way. I mean, I think back about when my children got sick, or even when I got sick as a child. Who did I go to? Did I go to my dad? Let me tell you, I'd love to tell you, my kids, my kids love me, but my kids didn't come to my room and say, hey, dad, help me out. Most of us, what happens is our kids come to mom. Mom, I'm sick. I just threw up in my bed three o'clock in the morning, right? And they always come to mom. And I started thinking about this. What was dad doing whenever, when they were always coming to mom? He was over there pretending he was asleep, right? That's what dad was doing. But mom was getting out of the bed and going to take care and wanting to comfort and do all these things. That's what a mom does. Now, that gives us a little picture of who God is, that we have a protective and caring God. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 5, and I'm going to ask you to circle a couple of things here with me, okay? So hopefully you got your pen. In 1 Peter 5, a picture of God. The Bible says, let God, let him have all your worries and your cares. You might want to underline that word. Let him have how many? How many, guys? All, not some, right? Let God have all your worries and your cares. Now watch this. For he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. You got your pen. Circle a couple of words for me. Circle the words always. God is always thinking about you. And then circle the word everything. He is watching everything that concerns you. Do you see this idea 
of protection and care and comfort that our God has over us. And he gives us a little image of that through our mom's protective care and comfort and protection. Now, here's the question for you as we read this scripture. If God really is there for all of our worries and all of our cares, why do we sometimes not take God all of our worries and cares? I think the answer is because we don't trust. We trust ourselves more to take care of our worries and our cares sometimes than we do God. But you want a deeper understanding? You want a deeper truth to that? It's not just that we don't trust God with all of our worries and our cares. Sometimes it's because we haven't really got that deeper, deeper, deep, deep experience of God's love. That God loves us that, like that scripture says. He is always watching us. He, is, he watches everything about us. He cares about everything. God wants you to experience his loving protection and his loving care. He cares about you. You know, there's somebody in this place today, you're in church, and nobody knows what's going on in your mind and your heart. You've got something that is a worry, and it's a care, and it might be a financial thing, or it might be a relational thing, and you might not have told a soul about it. But that scripture right there, you know what it, it reminds me of? That God cares about you, and that he wants you to trust him to be your protector and to give you comfort and care in whatever situation you're going into. And you know, if you've been around Harvest Point for any length of time, you've heard several scriptures. I come back to several scriptures over and over again. I even try to bring up several scriptures because I hope that maybe by bringing them up over and over again, you'll start to memorize them, and you probably don't even know that. But I, I try to bring up scriptures over and over again. I want you to have these scriptures, even when your Bible's far away, I want you to remember, Pastor Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29.11. And I want you to read Jeremiah 29.11 with me, because this is a scripture we read all the time around here at Harvest Point, and it's a scripture that I hope you would commit to memory. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. These are God's words. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and plans not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You got that pen? Just circle that word hope. It's the picture of a God who wants to love on you and give you a purpose-filled future. When you hear that word hope, I hope it rings Love. God loves me so much. He has a future planned out for me that's a beautiful, beautiful future. And so this picture of God as a God who cares and comforts and protects is a picture that we kind of see in our moms. Here, here's one more scripture. Uh, Psalm 121, uh, verse 5. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. I remember we, we had some moments where my kids would fall on their head or get hit in the head. We would go to the doctor, and the doctor would say, hey, they might have a concussion. You need to kind of watch them. Maybe go and wake them up every hour on the hour just to make sure that, you know, maybe those of you, you've, you've had children like that before. And it wasn't me getting up every hour to go watch over my children. It was my wife every hour just to go stand there. And you get that picture? I'm going to read that. It's the picture of, of, of a mom watching over. Watching over, standing beside, making sure that everything is well. It's a picture of our God who watches over our lives, who stands beside our lives, who nothing can touch us that doesn't come through his hand. And he cares and he protects us. Now, Stephen, where are you going with all this? Let me Follow me here for a minute. Leave your notes. Catch me with your eyes for a minute. Look up at me, if you will. Today I'm sharing something that I think is very easy for somebody in the room here today to go. Uh, it's simple. God is love. God loves to protect. God loves to comfort and care for us. Okay, I get that. I get that. Check mark. Let's move on. But what I'm sharing today is actually something that is incredibly deep. And, and what I'm trying to point you towards today is something that you will not be able to find the edges of if you will press in. So when I was in theology school, they always taught me, when you're preaching, always ask the question at the end of the message, so what? <laughs> you said all that, now so what? And so I kind of want to pause here at the middle of the message, and I just kind of want to say, so what? So what God is love? So what God is a God of protection, and God of comfort? What does that mean about me here today in this life? What does that mean about me living in the 21st century that I live in today? What does it really mean? And for the last part of my message today, what I want to do is I want to drive a little bit deeper about what it really means for you. Now, you want to go stronger in love. 
You want to really be stronger in love with your family, maybe with your coworkers and with the world around you? you got to follow into this next piece because this is where it really plums deeper, okay? Okay, so what does that mean, Stephen? What does it mean that God is love? God is a God of protection and comfort and care. What does that mean for me? How do I respond to that love? Get your pen. The first thing you do is you have to receive God's love for yourself. Now, God's love is a very intimate love, right? Like that mom's love we've been talking about. But if you've never received it unto yourself, then it stays just as some kind of universal concept for other people. God loves other people. God's, you know, this is who God is. It's, it doesn't become personal. And so for Christians, when you hear that, you hear that, you, maybe you're a Christian in this place here today, and you hear God is love, and God loves to protect, and God loves to comfort. And you go, okay, check, I, I get that. But, and then you maybe even hear the words, if you really want to go deeper, you have to receive God's love. And you think to yourself, well, double check. I've done that. I received God's love. I, I took God's love into my life. I, I received him as a Christ follower. What, I'm, what I want you to understand is that's not what I'm talking about. When I talk about receiving God's love, I'm not talking about something you do one time. One time is important. But if you really want to go deeper and grow stronger in love, what you have to do is you have to find a way to receive God's love every day. And I want you to think about that for a minute. What would it look like for you to receive the love of God over your life every day? I dare say every person in this room here, at least 98% of us, every day we get up and take a shower, okay? All right? Now, here's the deal. If I could share a metaphor with you, the metaphor that I would want to share with you about receiving God's love is the metaphor of a shower. Every day I get up and I take a shower. And I turn on the water, and I step in, and from head to toe, I'm covered by this water. And it washes me clean. And I do that every day. And what I believe is, if you really want to grow stronger in love, you've got to find a way to receive God's love for you every day. To be flooded by God's love for you every day. I don't care if that's spending a few minutes in prayer, or if that's your chair and that 15 minutes in that Bible. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is for you, but I think it's very important that every day we receive God's love. Now, read this with me. The Bible says, uh, Romans 5.8. Some people get this really confused. Romans 5.8. God has shown how much he loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. Now, see, what, what some people don't understand is, okay, over here I said earlier, it's easy to understand or kind of cognitively grab that God is love. But, but over here, this is what God really wants. He wants us to experience his love. Now, when we experience God's love, here's what I want you to understand. There's, a, there's an added benefit that comes to experiencing God's love. You actually get to experience God's forgiveness. Because God says, not only do I love you, I died for you. And he wants to wash us clean, right? Now, some folks, when they start to experience God's love, and then they start to experience God's forgiveness at a deeper level in their life, they want to kind of put a pause on it. They want to think to themselves, wait a minute, you're too perfect, God. I need to go get my act cleaned up. I got to go figure out and get myself all better. You know, I got to stop saying the things I start saying. I got to stop doing the things I'm doing. And they, they're, they're messed up. They're confused because this scripture doesn't say that at all. This scripture says that God showed how much he loved us. It was while we were still sinners. If you got your pen, you might want to underline those words. While we were still, or circle them, while we were still sinners, God showed us by sending his son Christ to die for us. And so what God was saying was, listen, I want you to experience my love. I want you to experience my forgiveness. And you don't have to go fix yourself to be able to do it. I want you just to receive it. Are you getting this picture? See, today I'm inviting you to receive the love of God. And I would be, it, would be a, it would be a tragic shame if you, if you said, well, I'd like to, but I've got to go clean myself up first. No, you don't. The Bible said while you were all messed up and while I was all messed up, God loved me. And he wants me to receive it in my messed upness, okay? He wants me to receive his love in that very state. So, so here's a picture. I brought with me a notebook, all right? And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an image, okay, a metaphor. Every metaphor, every analogy is going to break down, but I'm going to give you a picture. What if... What if I had a notebook just like this one, and in my notebook every day, I had to take a pen. I don't have a pen. Somebody throw me a pen. Thank you, Sandy. Oh, every day I had to take a pen. Oh, 
little pink pen. And, um, and I had to write in my notebook every time I sinned, okay? Now, let's just say I had to write down, oops, I'm journeying through the day. I had to write down my sin, and I kept a little notebook, right? I kept a little notebook every day I wrote a sin. I journeyed a little bit through life. Oh, I just had a bad thought, wrote another sin, wrote another sin, and I just filled up my notebook. Now, how many notebooks would we need, okay? Anybody need more than one notebook? Yeah, some of us need the whole force, right? Okay, so, all right, so. But every day I wrote in my notebook, and I was writing in my notebook, and, and, and what if I lived every day like that, right? Now, what would happen if all of a sudden I, I, I really received God's love, and yet I had all this stuff, because I've done all this stuff, and it would still be in my notebook, right? I'd, I'd receive God's love. So here's, here's the deal. I'm just going to shut my notebook for a minute. Let's just pretend my notebook is filled up, and, and, and I'll give you your pen back for just a minute. And let's let somebody... Be God. Keith, would you come be God for me? Keith. Yeah, Keith, come here for a minute. Now, Keith's going to be God. And this is going to kind of feel weird to you, but I didn't ask you, so you're in it. Um, so, so let's just envision that, um, that, that God was here, and finally I experienced God's love. And God was like, I love you. Thank you, Keith. But thank you, God. Appreciate that. Um, and I'd be like, okay. And, 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 and God would, like, be the one who had, like, his arms outstretched because he loved me so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, really, God? And you'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, well, before I do that, before I receive that, I got to tell you about something. I got this. Hey, hey. Um, 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 I got to tell you about something. I've been holding on to this. I got a lot of things here that are really, really bad. And I just don't feel like I can do that unless I give you this, right? Now, notice I'm not going to go try to clean this up. I'm just, going to just, I'm just going to give this to him. So, God, if I can, can I give you this? Yeah. 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 All right, stay there. Stay there. This is the part where it gets really weird, Keith. We're going to stay here. All right. All right. This, this is going to be super weird for Keith, but because um, he doesn't know where I'm going. Um, so, so God is in this. Now, here's what God does. God doesn't care about my stupid notebook. All right, he doesn't care about it. So God is just going to throw it away. Throw it away. Throw it away. Yeah. Now God's got both hands on me. I love it. Now, because, because we are sinners the way we are, Somebody's going to care what's in my notebook. Zoe, help me out. See, curious people want to know other people's sins. So Zoe's going to get my notebook, and she's going to open up my notebook. Open it up, Zoe. Read all my sins. What do you read? What's in it? What's in it? It's blank. Is it blank? How'd you do that? He is so uncomfortable. <laughs> he is so uncomfortable. Now, now, I'm going to let you go, Keith. I'm going to let you go. Now, here's what God would do. He is so real. Okay. Here's what God would do. God would say, now, let's party. <laughs> say, let's party. Really? Now, I want you, now, if you're going to get the picture, you got to get the picture. You're awesome. Thank you. Hold on to that. So, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. God says every time one, somebody receives his love for the very first time and comes into relationship with him like that, he throws a party. Maybe you remember that. Um, uh, uh, Luke 15, God tells three stories, right? A hundred sheep, one of them lost, go find the one sheep, throws a party, right? And, and ten coins are lost, go find a coin, throws a party. And then uh, two sons, one's lost, one of them's found, throws a party. And I'd be like, a party for me? And Keith would be like, I mean, God would be like, yeah, a party for you, right? And I would be like, I don't deserve that. And God would be like, no, that's what we do. That's what we do. A son of mine, remember the prodigal son story? A son of mine was lost and is now found. That's what it means to receive God's love. Man, you've been good to me. Thank you. Hey, y'all give Keith a hand. So, so if you want to really understand that, it's, that scripture said it's not, about, it's not about you going back and fixing your notebook. It's not about you focusing in on your notebook. 
It's about realizing that there is a God with his arms outstretched for you saying, I love you. I don't care about that junk. I want you. I want you. And then you receiving God's love for yourself. Now read this with me real quickly. Um, uh, Galatians 3.26. All of you are God's children because of your faith in Christ Jesus. Now, if you got your opinion, you might want to circle the word faith. Paul was talking to Christians, okay? Now, here's what you need to do. People get confused about this. There, everybody that walks on the planet, listen, everybody, every human that walks on the planet, they're a creation of God. But they're not necessarily a child of God. The Bible says you become a child of God, read it, by your faith, right? By your faith. So if you really want to receive God's love, what we're talking about doing is transferring your faith from you. You know, your faith is in you. You're going to transfer your faith from you and how you're going to handle your life and how you're going to take care of your life. You're going to transfer your faith from you over to him. That's receiving God's love. And, and it's, it, it, listen, those of you who are Christ followers, it means trying to do that every day. Stephen, if I wanted to leave the arena of just being a creation of God to actually becoming a child of God, how do I do that? Well, there it is. Put that scripture up for me one more time, Tom. There it is one more time. You become a child of God by your what? Faith. It's just belief. You believe in Jesus Christ. You trust him with your life. Let me just talk to mamas for a minute. Um, I've been becoming fast friends with Dawn here. Dawn's kind of new to our church. By the way, we've got a lot of new folks to our church. We, we love you guys. Thanks for really coming in and being a part of Harvest Point. We had 31 people in our New Connections class this past week. Yeah, so we're just very excited about all these new folks. And Dawn, um, who sits close to me in worship, um, I was thinking about Dawn this morning. Dawn is a mom. You know, she's a great mom. Dawn's little boy is how old now? Two. And, and what's his name? Dawson. Now, I want you to get this. And I'm talking to moms for a minute. Moms, I want you to think about Dawn. If Dawn, every day this week, talking about stronger in love, right? If Dawn found a way every day this week to receive the love of God in her life, it wasn't just something she did once. Every day this week, she started her day maybe in prayer, starting her day with 15 minutes in a chair in the Bible. Every day this week, she was being showered with God's love. What are the chances that she would not be more loving to little Dawson? See, only when you're filled up with love, only when you're showered with love can you know what it's like to give love away. And see, this is why what I'm talking about here today is not simple. It, it, it means, it, it is simple, but it's not. It means doing it every day, being filled up with God's love so you're ready to give it out. So what was the first thing I, I said earlier? I said, if you want to go stronger, you need to do two things. One is receive God's love. Now write this one down. The next one is reflect God's love. And see, I want you to think about Dawn, okay? Dawn needs to receive God's love every day. And then over her children and over her family and over her co-workers, she can then reflect God's love and give God's love away. Only really then can she do that at a higher level. Only then will she be stronger in love. Receive God's love and then reflect God's love. Give God's love away. This past week, I was sitting with all those folks in our New Connections class, and it's pretty it's, 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 we're, we're having fun. We're getting to know each other. There's a lot of uh, growth we've got to do together and a lot of new friends we're making. And I asked them a simple question. I said, well, I, I said it's simple. It's, maybe, it's, maybe it's simple. I said, what does it mean to be a Christian? We use that name, Christian. Can I just tell you, I think a lot of people complicate what it really means to be a Christ follower. And today I kind of want to, as I get ready to close down this message, I want to kind of drive this home to, to one of Jesus' last words. You know, if you were about to die, and you knew you were going to die, I'll never forget my daddy sitting on the bed. He was on his deathbed, his literal deathbed. Him sitting on the bed, he had lost his ability to walk, and he was very intentional in the last things he said to me as his son. He spoke to me about my character, he spoke to me about my friendships, and he spoke to me about money. He was very intentional because he knew his hours were, were only hours were left. If you only had a few hours left on this planet, don't you think you'd be so intentional on the last few things you shared with people in your life? Jesus only had a little while left and with his disciples, and he said something that I think really defines the essence of Christianity. In John 13, 
Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, so now I am giving you a new command. Love each other just as I have loved you. Now, by the way, love each other wasn't a new command. I mean, the Bible, there were, there were commands in the Old Testament that said love one another, right? But Jesus gave, he, here's how he changed it to be a new command. He said, love each other just as I have loved you. Now, there's a whole new command there because he's loved them with a perfect love. And then he says this, just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I'm going to say that again. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, if that's the case, if Jesus said, here's the, here's the membership card, here's the card that proves that you're a Christ follower, how big do you love? How big do you love? That's a game changer. That's a game changer, guys. You know what it means? It means the essence of Christianity is in, is in, in being a child of God. It, the, the heart of it is not attending church. The heart of it is not how much you've studied your Bible or whether you went to theology school. The heart of it isn't whether you gave in the capital campaign. Listen, the heart of what it means to be a Christ follower is how much do you love? How much do you love? And do you love like you have been loved as Jesus loved? Jesus said, the world will, will know that you're one of mine if you love big and you love the way I've loved. You know, we're talking here in the middle of May about growing stronger in love. And I'm speaking specifically today about moms because my mom has taught me a lot about God. And my wife, being a mother, has taught me a lot about God. But you know, the truth of it is, this is a message for every one of us here. Have you received the love of God Will you receive the love of God in a way that will be an ongoing daily thing? And will you be able to reflect the love of God at a much higher level, at a much deeper level to the world that surrounds you? That's the essence of what it means to be a Christ follower. So, so if you're a Christian, let me just talk to Christians for a minute. If you're a Christian today, and I hope you haven't just checked the box or said, oh, I've seen the bumper sticker, God's love, God's a caring and, and, and comforting and protecting God, I get that. And yes, I received his love back in 1977. I hope that you haven't just checked out on me. But here's what I want to say to you. If you're a Christ follower, you know what the goal of this week should be for us as we're trying to grow stronger in love? That every day, here's the challenge, Art, here's the challenge. Every day you wake up this week, first thing out of your mouth is thank you God for loving me thank you for loving me while I was still a sinner shower me today God with your love wash me clean and let me really get it that you love me intimately sacrificially you have compassion on me you care about anything that happens in my life help me get it at a deeper place God because only then will I be able to love the world the way you want me to love the world and if we could do that every day, I promise you, you'd grow stronger in love every day. And to somebody today here who might be a non-Christian, you might be a person, maybe you even call yourself a, a seeker or, or a skeptic, or you might even call yourself a cynic, you know? I don't know about this thing. I'm checking it out. I would say to you two things. The first thing I would say to you is, we are thrilled that you are here at this church. We want this church to be a safe place where you can investigate the claims of this book. So we are thrilled that you're here. And the second thing that I'd tell you is that you were made to not just be a creation of God, but to be a child of the King. And all you got to do, the Bible says, all you got to do is believe. Are you, that's, how you, that's how you cross the line. You just transfer your faith from you to your faith in Him. And you say, I believe. I believe. I want to be a child of the King. And it's as simple as that. It's, it's not real complicated. It's as simple as that. And today, you can experience and receive the deeper love of a God who cares for you. Would you bow your heads with me?
just want to offer up two prayers today. A Christian prayer and a seeking prayer. And I want to invite you to pray these prayers with me. For those of you who would say, I'm a Christ follower, I've given my life to Christ, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Jesus, I thank you for loving me so much that you die for me. And I thank you that you cared for me even when I was stuck in sin and all messed up. I thank you that you had your arms wide open for me and that I can give you my notebook and you would just throw it away. You don't care about it. I thank you, God, that you care for me so much like that and that you're crazy about me. And Lord, help me to really get it. Help me to get it every day this week. Help me to be bathed in your love and help me to go love my friends at school or my friends at work and my family. Help me to love people like you love me, Jesus. Help me because I want the world to know that I'm a believer. Give me a big, give me a bold love, Jesus. Fill my heart today with overflowing love. Fill me up, Jesus, today. And if you're a person that's just kind of kicking the tires of Christianity, you don't know yet, I want to offer this prayer for you. And if you want to move today from just being a creation of God to actually being a child of God, today you can pray a prayer, a simple prayer of faith. And I want to invite you to do that with me. And just say it in your heart, say it in your mind, but make it your own. God, I don't think I've really understood that you're crazy about me until right now. I don't really think I've really moved beyond understanding to a deeper level of experience until right now. I feel your love over my life. I feel your, your love looking over me even as you stand over my life and watch. And today, I want to open up my heart and I don't want to have any more withholds with you. I want to just give you my life, Jesus. Best I know how, I just want to trust you with my life. And I want to transfer my faith from all that I can do or all that I will be. I give my faith over to you. I believe in you. I believe, God, you have a future and a hope and a plan for me. I give you my life today, Jesus. I give you my life. Thank you. I receive your word. I am a child of God. I'm an adopted child of the King. You're bringing me into your house. and You're throwing a party for me. And you're lavishing me with your love. Thank you, God, for who you are. I love you. I love you. I, re I return love back to you. Thank you for loving me. Lord, today as we go from this place, I pray that every mother would be celebrated. I pray that every, every lady would be celebrated. And I pray that, Lord, we would go even thinking about how good you are to give us the model of your love and a woman who would care and sacrifice for us. Lord, today, may we have smiles and hearts full of gratitude for these ladies who poured their lives out over us. Not just, not just our moms, but our grandmoms and our great-grandmoms. We are so, been, we've been so loved. So thank you, God. So bless this group of people here today. And help us to go in your name and love the world the way you want us to love the world. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Harvest Point. Happy Mother's Day to you. I hope you have a grand celebration. Thanks for being here. Amen.